Welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast, where we bring you tips and inspiration each day to help you build habits for writing success. For more resources, including your free Daily Writer Starter Kit, visit dailywriterlife.com. I am excited to bring you our very first live book coaching call today. The purpose of these coaching calls is to share a real-life book coaching session to help an author or entrepreneur develop a book idea that can grow their influence and impact. My guest is Dan Cumberland, founder of The Meaning Movement, which is a blog, podcast, and community of people pursuing deeper meaning in what they do. Dan has been helping people find their place and their work in the world since 2005. He started working professionally with clients one-on-one in 2011, and since then he has facilitated classes, taught, and spoken often on the topic at various events, schools, and forums. Dan's work has also been featured in Fast Company, Entrepreneur Magazine, the Chicago Tribune, U.S. News and World Report, CBS, and many other places. And on today's call, we worked through Dan's initial idea for his book, how it ties into the big picture of his business and some potential outlines for his book. Again, this is my first book coaching call that I'm including here on the podcast. Probably we'll be doing many more of these, but I wanted to give this a whirl because I wanted you to get a sense of what it's like to work with a book coach and also to give you ideas for your own book that you're probably planning as well. Dan is an awesome guy, and you're immediately going to hear his heart for people, his heart for serving, and also some really cool ideas that he has in store for the book that he's working on. So here's my book coaching session with the amazing Dan Cumberland. Dan, I'm so excited and a little bit intimidated because I have so much respect for you and what you do, and I've known I've known you for, for a number of years now, and uh I say intimidated because it's a little bit scary to do this on the podcast, you know, do kind of a coaching call, but I'm super excited because I love the stuff you're doing and I'm really excited to dive into a possible book idea. So welcome. Thank you so much. I mean, I I feel like the the feeling is, is mutual. I'm just so, so pumped to, to get to, to benefit from your, your wisdom and wisdom and expertise. Um, love what you're doing. Love, love the podcast. Um, listen to many, many episodes myself and thank you. just the whole the, the whole project, I feel like, is just so exactly what 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 I need and what so many others need. So thanks for making such a great resource for us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll see how this turns out, and if I'm actually of any value on this content, <laughs> we'll withhold judgment until the end, and you can tell me whether or not this is valuable. I hope yes. it's valuable. Yes. <laughs> so let's kind of let's start here. Tell me about the book idea that you that you have in mind, even if it's not really fleshed out or you're not really sure what you want with it or you want from it. Let's start there and then I'll dig into what your overall business is and what your goals for that are and how a book yeah. might tie into that. But I always want to start with what, what what are you coming to this call with today in terms of the book that you think you might want to do? That's so, so great. And, and this has even shifted since we first um, touched base and kind of started spinning ideas. Like, what if I, I, I could use some help with this. And what if we did this on the, yeah. on the podcast? Um, and so I, with my brand, I've been in a bit of a um, reevaluation and repositioning of, of the entire brand of, of the meaning movement. So, um, you know, with, with the podcast, with um, the coaching that I do, all of that. And it's really, um, moving more, getting more specific in who I'm trying to help and what I'm trying to help, help, um, help them with. And so really focusing in on entrepreneurs, really to put it in a sentence would be, 
um, and I should have this like down nice and crisp. I'm not there yet, but uh, helping entrepreneurs align their their life and business goals. So bringing balance to to the life of, a, of an entrepreneur. Many of us start our entrepreneurial journeys wanting to find, you know, to get, make more money, to have less stress and to have more freedom, but then end up not with, with no, none of those things, building a, a business that maybe becomes a, a bit of a beast that, um, that we end up serving. Um, and so wanted to recapture and reclaim our energy, our motivation and, and our lives to build um, a life and business that, that we love. And so that's kind of um, been a, a little bit of a pivot from where, where I have been with the mean movement, still really focused on, on, fulfillment and purpose, but but really focused in on that that problem that um, entrepreneurs face. And so that gives me a little bit more clarity on what how a book would fit into that idea. Um, I've for a long time felt like I want to write something around fulfillment and around work, um, but it has felt like such a broad topic that I've kind of felt like a mm. little bit of a, a deer in a headlight, deer in the headlights. You know, I've been building the meaning movement for over uh, 10 years now. And so it's, um, but have never really, honed in on like this very specific demographic that I'm trying, trying to serve. And so um, I actually have pulled up a list, a list here as the, in, since our last conversation, and since I've been kind of further defining this, um, this demographic, like there's a few different ideas around, around entrepreneurship and identity. Um, like that's something that I, that I love around that, that feels related to all of this is um as entrepreneurs, we, um, and I feel like I, I, I want to hear if this resonates with you, but you have to, you all, you always have to become a different person, like to take your business to the next, the next place that it needs to go. And so totally. it's this constant process of reinventing yourself. Um, so I feel like something about like, just like, I don't feel like there's, there's many resources about the internal world of entrepreneurship. And so all of these ideas yeah. are kind of getting at that. The one, another is, is, um, that yeah, the inner the the inner world of the entrepreneur. But I actually what I wanted to say with that once that's the second kind. These are these are my working working titles. Uh, is wanted to kind of play on the idea of the um what is that that book the inside the inner world of tennis is that the one no the inner game of tennis I don't know if you're familiar with that book it's a yeah I think um, I've heard of that yeah it's a very famous as far as people who are like into sports psychology yeah the inner game of tennis the classic guide to the mental side of peak performance so if you're into peak performance and athleticism like that's kind of like one of the one of the the uh, first books that really started talking about it um directly but I want to kind of play on that like the the inner game of entrepreneurship hmm. or something like that that's interesting um and then similarly like something around like emotionally the emotionally healthy entrepreneur or something like that or mental you know it's about mental health, about emotional health, and it's about balance and freedom. Um, and so those are that's the big jumble of topics that i'm 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 thinking about as I'm thinking about writing something. and that it does feel more focused than when we first started chatting. I think that I was at that point thinking more of like, Something more like, uh, I don't know, like I love Parker Palmer's little book, Let Your Life Speak, which is more about vocation and, and maybe like these existential questions. But this is a little it's bit on more. It's on that shelf right there behind focused. me. It's somewhere on that uh, shelf. Uh, up right there, there somewhere. Yeah. I'll, I'll find it. That little pink book. I've, I've given away like, you know, 15 <laughs> copies in, over, over the last 10 years. So uh, I know it well. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where that's that's what that's the big jumble that I'm bringing into this. So I always try and in my own mind, I, I always like to restate things to make sure I can articulate the problem uh, correctly. Yeah. So if I'm understanding correctly, the problem that you're trying to solve, both with the business that, you, that you're that you moving toward, as well as the book, 
is essentially that you're helping entrepreneurs build a business and a life that they love as opposed to building a business that imprisons them because that is what happens a lot of times. Yes. You know, there's kind of this this narrative of people try to get away from their W2 or their day job. But then as you build your own business, it's really easy to create a prison of your own making. Yes, exactly you're, right. You're entrapped by your schedule, by tons of Zoom calls or things. It could be a hundred, hundred different things, but you're yes. entrapped by all the all the stuff around building your business and you haven't really created freedom. You've just created a different kind of prison. Yes, that is exactly okay. right. You said it so well. Interesting. That's that's interesting. And I resonate with some of that too. Yeah. Because I'm not that far into my own full-time entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. I think one of the scariest things that that we can realize as business owners and entrepreneurs is that we are the problem. Mm. And mm -hmm. Because so many times, you know, in a if you have a day job or, or if you have an employer, it's so easy to blame everybody else for your own unhappiness or your own frustrations because there's always somebody to blame. But when you're the business owner, there's nobody else to blame. Yes. It's, it's you because if there's something that you don't like in your business, well, you're the boss, so you mm -hmm. can change it. But it's like at, at the same time, it's the easiest thing to change, but it's also the hardest to change because we can be our own worst bottleneck. Yes, absolutely. And we, we can be our own worst bosses, right? Like yeah. uh, we, we can be the, the most cruel and punishing of, of bosses to our to ourselves. Um, that, that's exactly right. And I think similarly, um, like it's easy to, to say, uh, point finger at entrepreneurs and say, well, you know, we, we should be able to do whatever we want. But it's, you know, uh, I feel like in a similar, similar way that entrepreneurship just brings certain things to the surface in ways that are... Um, I don't know, just maybe easier to, to, to highlight. Like, just like you said, mm. like we all, we always have choice. Right. But as an entrepreneur, it feels like you have more choice when the reality is you know, someone working a job, they have choice whether or not they want to stay in that job and everything exactly. else. Um, but that's also where it really connects to that identity piece for me. Cause I feel like everyone, like, I feel like life is always about becoming life is always about becoming the next version of yourself of, of exactly. who, who, you know, the universe or God is, is calling you to be and becoming that. And it's this, this ever changing um, process, but with entrepreneurs, it's so, it feels so much more specific and so much more um, like, I guess, again, easy to kind of point your finger at because of the, uh, just the way that your income so much relates to that. Like, and so you, yeah. you start your business and then you have to figure out how to, how to be a marketer, how to, how to do sales, how to build a funnel, how to write copy, how to, you know, on and on and on and on. Um, and so I feel like just entrepreneurship is just such an interesting lens to look at all of these. I feel like all of these aspects of being human through, and that's what gets me excited about, you know, writing a book potentially uh, around, around these ideas. I think it's a fantastic idea. These are themes that I resonate with personally. And yeah. I see it because I, just like you, I spend a lot of time around people who own their own business, writers, content creators, people doing courses, communities, memberships, all those kinds of things. And I see the same themes over and over again. I see people getting paralyzed by lots of options, yes. by issues of self-confidence, yes. by not knowing what direction to go because you see on social media in particular, you see everybody's wins. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to think, oh, that guy over there, he's doing X, Y, Z things in his business. That's what I should be doing. Yeah. And then you multiply that by 25, you know, over the course of a few years and you're just, you're going in all these different directions. Yes. And you can have several successful things going, perhaps even, you know, multiple streams of income, 
But if you're really imprisoned by those systems and by your schedule, it's it doesn't really produce a lot of joy or yes. freedom. It's just yes. It's like, oh, I'm back in I'm back in a job except I'm the boss and I don't have anybody to blame but myself. Yes. Well, and and success is it's easy to measure entrepreneurial success. And again, this is where it's like such an interesting lens for me for humanity. It's, it's entrepreneurship, it's so with entrepreneurship, it's so um easy to use the uh, the metric of external success to say oh that person is uh, is successful because they have a business that's you know doing right. x y and z making right. this this or the, or that amount of money but just like you're saying if their lived experience of that running that business of owning that business isn't a positive or isn't yeah. you know yeah like taking them like creating the life that they want then what can they even call it a success so there's often this um what's the right word uh, divide between like the the external uh, view of of their life and and how others might view them as well uh, versus the the felt experience that they're living in of like yeah this is uh this is this is a prison this is a beast this is a, a monster that I, that I can't escape and, totally uh, similar similar maybe similar to uh you know maybe the 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 person in a career that they're very far advanced in and uh and you know have some golden handcuffs and they hate their job right it's a similar maybe similar uh setup in in the end exactly exactly yeah yeah so let's leave that there for a minute so i, I love the concept i really really i resonate with it let me leave that there for a second and can you talk a bit about what you might be transitioning your business to and yeah. how a book like that might tie into it. And here's why I'm yes. asking that is because like, of course, you know, I'm a ghostwriter and I write my own books as well. And one of the greatest sins that a ghostwriter can commit, I believe, is writing a great book for somebody, but you've written the wrong book. Mm. Because if somebody's business and life is going one direction, but you help them write a book or you write a book for them rather, that takes it in a different direction where now they've got to invest all these resources and time and energy promoting this book and developing all this stuff around it. Yes. Marketing assets or, or maybe they're develop, developing courses or talks on that, but it's not really where they want to go. Then that's actually a huge detriment to their life. And yes. Business. Yes. So that's yeah, why I think it's, point. yeah, it's really important to connect the book to then what you actually, what you actually want to build or where you're going, because yes. otherwise then you're going to be, your attention's going to be divided and it's going to be I think worse than before. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So let me speak to that. Um, so what the way I view the next, at least the next iteration of the business. Um, so the the financial engine for the for the meaning movement over the last seven or so years has been um, a course called the Calling Course, which I'm um, closing down enrollment for and pivoting towards serving you know, serving this demographic specifically, entrepreneurs. Um, in a group coaching um, format. I'm not at this at this moment, at the moment of this recording, I'm not sure what that um, that uh, what, what I'm going to call this. You know, some sort of ex accelerator. Um, and Ooh, I like that. It's gonna it's going to be a um, three month journey um, with probably we'll probably have two two sessions a week where I'll be leading people through. We'll start with an assessment. So that'll be the kind of the entry point. Okay. Uh, the entry point of the funnel will be an assessment um, 
that I'll have probably at the meaningmovement.com slash start or something like that. If people want to, who are listening now, whenever you're listening, you can go to that URL and see what that becomes. Um, and that assessment will give uh, kind of look at a lot of different areas of related to, to business and life and that felt experience of running the, those, those, their business. And hopefully the idea is to give some actionable takeaways for people to take that assessment, have some things that they can work on, um, and then also then I, I'll, they'll have an invitation to jump on a call with me and I can put together a game plan with them, see if that's something that, um, you know, hopefully offer some good value. And then also um, if it's a good fit, invite them to join one of the next accelerator groups. The accelerator would be groups okay. of ideally four to 10 people somewhere in that range going through this journey together. That journey is going to follow the framework that I've developed uh, with the calling course was based on it with my one-on-one -on, one -on -one work that predated the um, the calling course. Um, and I see that as being the, the next iteration, you know, maybe down the road, I might, you know, if that, as I scale that up, maybe bring in other uh, facilitators to run programs like that. Um, I would see this book as being a way to get, you know, to a way to, to, I mean, one, just help people. I mean, that's a, that's a big part of it, but like you said, like it also needs to serve, serve the business um, right. to bring, to build awareness, you know, help people and build awareness and then um, point people to that, that assessment or in, into that, you know, hopefully into those accelerator programs um, if they want to work on implementation alongside of a lot of like-minded entrepreneurs. So the meaning movement as it exists now, will, will that continue to exist in some form? Yeah, the meaning movement, it, it, it will continue to exist in some form, but it's really um, going to be the, the the name under which this new focus will live. Okay. So the podcast will be, you know, instead of, of guests, you know, across a lot of different demographics, a lot of different career paths, we'll be, I'll be doing more interviews with entrepreneurs um, and other experts who are serving entrepreneurs. Um, the resources available at themeaningmovement.com will have an entrepreneurial flavor to them. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the, so will you continue with your podcast? I will. Yeah. But it will be, you know, just kind of more directed towards entrepreneurship. Sure. Yeah. Well, you spent so much time building up the meeting movement as a, as a brand and yes. as an identity that it just makes sense to continue with that, but like sh maybe shift the focus of it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that that's been one of the hardest parts because I like, I know that there are people in my audience that aren't entrepreneurs and will I, you know, will I, will I lose them um, due to this shift? And, and I might, um, but also I hope that again, by using this lens of entrepreneurship, even if you're not an entrepreneur, the truths that I think that emerge by, by focusing even on a more specific demographic, the truths about what it means to, to be human and to, to mm -hmm. um, you know, this process of identity and formation, hopefully then will also translate to the folks who aren't entrepreneurial in their choices. See, I really love all this. And I think that you bring a super interesting perspective to all this because so much of the business stuff out there, masterminds or courses or a podcast or whatever, it's, it's like focused on the strategies and the nuts and bolts and, and, yeah. you know, 16 different ways to make a million dollars in the next 17 seconds, you know, yes. kinds of, you know, Facebook sponsored posts and all that stuff. Yes. <laughs> I get those too. <laughs> and there's a, there's a place for all those things, but I love that you're bringing a a heart and a perspective to it that that's if I'm interpreting this correctly is basically saying 
let's let all of the, the business stuff flow out of who you are as a person and mm. knowing what your purpose is and being comfortable with that and embracing that. Because yes. when you have those elements in your life at business, what you do in terms of the stuff that you're producing or the, the programs you're offering, that has so much more depth and uh, authenticity to it. Yes. Rather than just saying, I think I'm going to do this three month program on XYZ and I'm going to offer it. Yeah. And then, then you see the person two years from now, they've radically adjusted to something else. Yes. I mean, to me, this, this, it's almost like you're living out in front of people's eyes, mm. the very thing that you're wanting them to take away from it because you're transforming, yeah. you're transitioning. Yes. You're, you're evolving as a business leader. I mean, I would assume you're not doing the exact same thing as you were 10 years ago. I hope that none of us is. Yes, totally. I to totally agree. And I, I, I love that this is, you know, resonating with you because I haven't, I haven't shared it with that many folks yet. And so it's really yeah. fun to be, to be, you know, getting your, your feedback on it. But I really do believe that. Like, I, I am so turned, like, uh, before we hit recording, it was recorder was talking about a conference I was at a couple of weeks ago it was about all focus on business and owners and entrepreneurs, the whole room of business owners and entrepreneurs. And some of the sessions, people got up on stage and talked about all their numbers and, and, you know, all the great things they did as a business leader, but like some of them just felt so devoid of heart. And I just like, yeah. I, and, and I know that that's just a, that's just a bit of who I am. And anyone who, if you listen to my podcast, you know, like I cry, I cry, <laughs> I cry a lot, you know, I get emotional. That's just who I am. But also I, I feel like, um, I, I, maybe because I've, I've lived in this body for, you know, 40 years now and, uh, I've just come to accept that about myself, but also like, maybe that's not just a, a, uh, something to, to get over, but like, I think maybe one part of my, my gifts, uh, one of the things I think that is. I can uniquely contribute is, is inviting people to, to feel and that we can bring, do business in a way that, that is more human, that it has more exactly. feeling, more soul in it. And I believe there's a, a handful of ramifications of that. I think that one, if we are doing things that 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 make us feel fulfilled, that we are excited about, you know, being being a part of, and there's, you know, we can talk about all all my theories of the different things that that um, that make for meaningful work, meaningful business. Um, but if you're doing business you love, you're going to stay with it a lot longer, which means that it's going right. to, you know, whether or not, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, make any promises that you're going to, you know, make seven or eight figures or whatever as being a part of the the program that I'm that I'm building. But I believe that you're going to be more successful, even by the numbers, simply because you're building a business that you want to be a part of for longer. Yeah. And I think a lot of us make. Um, when you're, when you're in a role, when you're building a business that you don't love, that is disconnected from who you are, you end up making other sacrifices. It's got to give one yeah. way or the other. So either sacrifices on your, the personal side where your, you know, your marriage falls apart or whatever, whatever else, you know, the, the, uh, the, the there's a reason that we talk about the midlife crisis and whatever, whenever that happens exactly. or whatever that looks like, it's a category of the, the, the fallout of giving your life to something that doesn't align with who you you are so whether it's it oh happens gosh. on the personal side or on the business side because you're like i just need to sell this business because i can't do it anymore either way they're million dollar mistakes and i want to help people avoid those those mistakes and i think they are avoidable mistakes that is one of the most profound things i've heard in a long time the, mm. what, can you say that again about midlife crisis did i want to make sure i heard it correctly i mean i heard it yeah it was yeah, the, the idea mean, of the midlife crisis comes from giving your life to a business that 
So what was the thing you said after that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, something along the lines of like the mid- midlife crisis. The, the reason midlife crises happen is that we're giving our lives to something that we don't believe in, that we're we're having to, um, you know, put maybe you could think of it as as you're a you're you're forcing a square peg into a round hole if you're doing that long enough like something something's going to break and that's that's one of the ways that's one of the ways i believe that that things break down um and so it's either going to happen on the personal life um if you if you, you know, prioritize the work life and and just stay the course there it, there's going to be a blowout on the personal side or if you you know actually attend to that to the personal things and again the work if the work isn't the good fit, then that work has to change. And so then people yeah. end up, you know, selling your business, quitting your job, making sacrifices on that side in either direction. In my opinion, they're, they are, you know, as I said, like they, they're million dollar mistakes, whether that's a divorce, whether that's you quitting a quitting or selling a business way too early because you couldn't make it um, into something that you loved. Man, that that's really profound. So I'm, mm. I'm 48 and I went through a, not to go off on a whole long thing, but when I in my starting in my late thirties, I really began to go through this really p- strong period of questioning what I wanted to do, and I was very frustrated for a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah, uh, none of which had to do with my family or marriage. And in fact, that I felt like that was the only like really stable thing in my yeah, life. Yeah, was holding it together. That was you know like home is where I found my being rooted and uh, and everything. And I felt very fortunate about that. I also happened to marry a very patient and uh, amazing woman who I'm still married to, my wife, yes. Melanie, of course. But it's interesting because I'd, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine crash and burn, mm-hmm. beginning in their mid-30s to up through probably 50s, I guess. But but there's something about, at least for guys, that late 30s to mid-40s time where a lot of people crash and burn. And I wonder if that's not analogous in some way to what you're talking about related to entrepreneurs. Yeah, where there's there is a midlife crisis of sorts for people in their business ownership and their business leadership. And what yes. what do those things look like, and how can you help them avoid that? Is that all? Yes. Is that kind of a fair analogy to make about kind yes. of where you want to take? Absolutely. People? Absolutely. No, I think it I think it's completely true. So whether whether your work, you're applying your work to a to a job and have a you have a midlife crisis or to a you know building your business and and there's there's this crisis that that emerges because the business isn't in line with with who you are. I think that they're they're they perfectly you wow. know, line up. I think it's interesting to me that it seems like that you that you maybe thought the heart component of what you bring to it could potentially be a liability because mm. you don't want it to be, you know, you want it to be practical and helpful and everything. And I, I think I've, at least in my perspective, you've seen the heart element as something that was central to the meaning movement as it yeah. has been, but maybe wouldn't be central to this new thing. Uh, but I think, yes. like you mentioned before, I think that's your main gift. Yes. To people, because yeah, this, is, this is where, this is where I'm, I have feelings about this, Kent. I, I spoke at a conference. This is probably seven or eight years ago. And I, um, you know, no, it wasn't quite that long. It was, it was four years ago. Cause I was talking about when my, my daughter, my second child was, was born. Um, and she's, she's four now. Um, and I was, you know, had this, this, um, it was all about affiliate marketing and I was going to share about, you know, what I'd done with affiliates and all this stuff. And then uh, a friend of mine challenged me. He's like, that doesn't sound like Dan. And I was like, you're right. Hmm. So I changed the, the whole, the whole thing the, the night before I stayed up super late and I, I just told my story and got really emotional about it. And like ended up, ended up in tears, which I often do. Um, 
and and it's just like it's excuse healthy, me though, I'm, you know i'm i'm ch- i'm yeah i'm i'm jet lagged i stayed up too late writing this and then um and it's a room you know the people in the room didn't i think a lot of them maybe didn't even know what to do with me um and then the guy that got up afterwards he got up and he's like if i end up if i end up crying up here wouldn't you come up here and punch me in the face um it was like the the first thing the first thing that he said um mm. Which I just like, I mean, that was clearly just directed right at me. And so, but I, I carry that in me, even as I'm thinking about this, because I, because wow. I know that not everyone, not everyone is, I mean, he even said it, it's not his exact words. I think it was much more um, misogynistic. He said something about being, a, you know, a sissy girl or like whatever, yeah. like, um, and, you know, that's, that's him and his problems, but I still carry, I still carry that in me of like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I I know that not everyone is going to relate to like the fact that I have, that I have a lot of feelings. Not everyone wants to live their lives like that, but I think a lot of us, a lot of people do though, an invitation, an invitation to feel more and that, and to know that that's okay. And that, that that's even a, even a gift and that those feelings can guide us into like the work the, the businesses, building businesses that we believe in, that we love, that we want to stay committed to for the long haul. Have you ever seen the Godfather movie? Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I, I love it too. One of the, the all this conversation makes me think of, you know, one of the catchphrases in there where Michael Corleone is is making these plans to go, to go take care of uh, a mobster and a police officer that are really causing their family problems. And, and they're just saying, hey, you know what? It's, it's uh it's business it's not personal yeah and that's kind of mm. a phrase that people toss around mm. a lot still yes that well this is business and our personal lives don't have any don't have any place in that i think it's completely the opposite there's nothing I more totally personal agree. than business yeah it's always it, personal i think that's one of my like one of my like of course you have feelings at work because you're human at work just like you are yeah. at home just like you are in all of like and you are the same person in all of those areas and yeah like sure we don't you, you know you have to show up differently for the different responsibilities. Right. But at the same time, like um, it is personal work is work and yeah. should be, I think work at its best should be personal. It almost makes me think that somebody should do a book called it's not instead of it's, it's business, not personal, it's business and it's personal. Yeah. That That's yeah. not actually a very good book title, but, but kind of that but concept. I, I get, you know? It gets at the right concept. Yeah. It, yeah. Feels, it feels on brand for me. Yeah, I I love it. I I love the direction you're going with this, and I think yeah. there are a lot of people who resonate with this. Yeah, and the ones who don't, who who just are like the hard charging people who don't, they're uncomfortable with emotion and those kinds of things. You know, that doesn't seem to be the crowd that would resonate with this, nor with me, yeah. because yeah. I'm wired very much the same way that you are. I try yeah. to be very heart centered in what I do, and yeah, and you do as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I think that's just part of a. You know, choose, choosing to to put your stake in the ground a little bit and just say this is what I'm about, and some people are not going to resonate with that, and that just has to be okay. So let's get back to the to the book for a minute. Yeah. Um, do you have do you have sp- some specific ideas for what you would want to include in a book? Like yeah, framework. That's, that's where I'm like, okay, processes. So I, I feel like this idea is this idea is resonating with you, Kent. And I'm like, okay, now Kent, tell me what what do I need to write now? <laughs> like, how do I write this book? Um, but I do have there's a, a handful of things. I think the way that I would try to tackle this, I, the way that I would think about it, is one I would think about you know some of my own story of struggling with these mm-hmm. things and um, 
want to use that narrative, you know, throughout the book. Um, and then I have some frameworks that um, that I've used with clients in the meaning movement and, you know, that the calling course was, was based off of, which I, I you know, uh, loosely call, call the meaning, the meaning method, hmm. um, which is a, a methodology for, for traditionally or in the past, I've used it for helping people discern what to do next. But I think that it also can be helpful for uh, helping entrepreneurs really clarify what it is that they want their business to be about or how yeah. they fit, you know, how they want to build their business in a way that, that suits them. Um, and so, you know, break that down into two different sections. I also have a, a framework, um, the four the four P's. I talk about it, the, the four different areas of meaning in um, in work, which are the people, the process, the product, and the profit. Um, and but that's a really, I think, a really helpful lens for thinking about the business that you're building and how you're cultivating meaning in in those four different areas. So there's a lot of things that I'm like, yeah, I think I could put all these things into 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 a book. But I don't really know beyond that, like how how to how to go from that to a to a structure to a you know to chapters to sections to, to all of that. What would well, you? Well, that's all. That's all figureoutable. Yeah. I'm not yeah. even sure if that's a real word, but I like it. But uh, all all that stuff is kind of it's. I'm not just gonna. I'm not gonna say it's just details because I don't want to yeah. minimize it. Yeah. But I would say my main my main question at this point would be. As someone reads your book, what do you want them to do at the end of the book? Whatever the book ends up being, what yeah. specific actions would you like them to take with you when the book is done? Yeah. Would it be so like, kind of a funnel for the accelerator the, program? Yeah. yeah. From a business standpoint, it would be a funnel for the accelerator yeah. program. You know, as a, as a, you know, a larger aspirational goal, like to go and like make the world a better place and make, make it build a better business that they love. And that I think, totally. I think also, and I think we haven't even talked about this, but I really believe that if you're building a business that you love, it's going to be a better business for the people that are in it and totally. a better business for the world. Um, and so there's, there is the high, I think a higher philosophical or aspirational you know, vision behind it. But as far as the mm -hmm. business objectives, exactly like you said, um, I would love to have people, you know, opt in to, to be a part of one of my accelerator programs. Do you have any thoughts on, on, are you going to share a specific framework in the accelerator program or whatever it ends up being some kind of a process or, or whatever that might be? Yeah. And I'm still kind of constructing that as we go, I'll, I'll be running sure. the first accelerator starting next, the beginning of next year, um, which it will be kind of my, my, my guinea, my guinea pig, my test kitchen. Um, but I have some ideas of, of similar content that, that, that I've just shared, you know, whether it's the, the meaning method, the, the four P's framework, probably piecing together a few, few pieces from that to, to make a, a guided experience out of that. Okay. But I think a lot of the power of, of the accelerator is going to be from doing it, doing it with people that, have similar values and have a similar approach to their, to their business and to get their input on, on, um, cause so many of these things are like, you, you can't, um, it's like, you can't see the forest for the trees, you know, a little bit. Cause you're like, so, so close to, you're so close to your business that you can't really even see like how, how it might need to change. And so to right. be able to have, right. have collaborators, you know, who are looking at it and saying, you know, you, you keep talking about this, but then I see you doing this, like, what's going on there. And so I think it's, I think there's going to be a ton of power even just, you know, from that aspect, but so we'll have a framework, we'll go through that framework. And then I think there's, it's just going to be multiplied, you know, the power of the experience will be multiplied by the people that are participating. Oh my, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like before I hit recording this, we were talking about last week Now I'm not, this, this episode will come out probably late November, early December or something like that. Yeah. But we were talking, so we're recording this on October the 24th. So last week we were talking about how I did a retreat for my daily writer club group. 
It was great. And I think those live events are so great. And, and being a part of a mastermind or a group is great because you get the combined wisdom of the whole group. Yeah. So like whatever yes. process you're teaching there is just going to be amplified radically yeah. by having great people within that program, Yeah. which is really, really yes. exciting. Yes, absolutely. Totally. I'm, I, I get really excited. I get goosebumps thinking about it because I, I think it's just like, and I think that's where I always felt like really, really limited in one-on-one -on -one setting when I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching is, is that it's all the pressures on me to like bring all the wisdom and bring all the, you know, all the insight. And so to be able to share that, you know, I, I'm there as more of a facilitator yeah. and, you know, guiding through the content, but the wisdom really, I think emerges, you know, from the, from the collective. Oh yeah. And plus there's an element of accountability there. You know, yes. we don't we don't want to let people down in the group. And there's there's also a sense of healthy competition, which I yes. think can be really positive. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because when yeah. you're when you're, you know, running with the horses, that's different than running with the goats. Yeah, I totally just made that up. I don't even know what that's a phrase. I guess I, didn't know. <laughs> I love it. But, <laughs> I hope that sticks yeah. and run with the horses, not with the goats. <laughs> But it is, it really is true. And I feel like that was some of, some of the, the when I think back of when, when I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and the sessions that I just liked the least, and I'm sure like maybe people who are more, um, yeah, have been coaching longer, find ways to mitigate this. But like when you, ha when you have a client, you've been going over, you know, leading them through a process and they just need to take action and then they haven't done anything. And then they have another session and it's like, okay, so now mm -hmm. I have to fill 60 minutes of, yeah. of, of, and make this feel valuable to you, even though like you haven't done any things that we talked about you doing last time. And, um, and like, that was, you know, <laughs> our next steps are based on the results of those actions you haven't taken. And so now what do we do? Um, and so that I think having that community aspect where you can see other people taking action, which then makes you feel like, oh, I need to do that. And then also yeah. you have to be respond, you have to respond to them and ask, you know, give your updates and, and share where you are in the process. So I think there's like kind of that, the two pronged accountability that, that comes out of part of it and hopefully in a really positive way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, about the book itself for a bit. Yeah. If we can, um, Cause that's what this is all about after all, I guess, <laughs> but I like to dig into kind of the bigger picture to see where the book can fit in. It's super helpful. I love it. Yeah. It's a great approach. So would you, would you be using the same framework in the book as you would in the accelerator program? I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it does too. It, it's logical. I mean, I, I don't know why, I don't know why I wouldn't, I guess. Um, and you said it's a four part framework. Was that the four P's? Or what was it? Yeah, one of the, the four P's. Yeah, there's the four the four P's, and then like there's also a framework, and and this is where I, you know, between now and when I when I run the accelerator, um, I'll be I'll be resolving this. You know, I'm, I'm I need to it's literally it's literally my top my top task list I have here in my my notes. What am I what what I'm trying to accomplish this week? It's structure the accelerator. So yeah. um, so it's all it's all coming together in real time. This is very much built in public <laughs> right now. One of the things that that I, I felt like took me a really long time to grasp as a college teacher was for a long time, I did more luxury kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I taught college for a long time. And, and when I had, had been teaching probably 12 or 13 years, I started to get really bored with my job, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I also began to learn more about education. One of the things that I did was a flipped classroom where I actually taught less and less each year. And I had more student interaction each year. So I would do, we would do case studies. We would have debates. We would do spe a lot more speeches in class. We would yes. do field trips. We would do tons of different learning activities, discussions, and 
all these group projects, a lot of students don't like those because they want to be a solo person. They don't yes. like to work in groups, but that's part of life. We've got to work in yes. groups. So my point in sharing that little trip down memory lane <laughs> from my past is I think sometimes when we're putting together a book or a program, we really stress over the the framework of it. We yep. stress about, okay, I got to have just the right, you know, acrostic so it really sounds cool or it sounds slick yes. or I've got to have the right pieces in there. Yes. And I, I and those are important, but I think sometimes we can stress out way too much about that stuff because the life change actually happens when we're in community with people and when it's applied. I mean, yes. we both have tons. I've got books. I've got, literally have a wall of books behind me full of knowledge, but unless that knowledge is applied and unless I do something with it, it's completely useless. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I think I can make an argument that if you have knowledge, but you're not applying it, that actually, it's actually bad. It's not mm -hmm. neutral. It's actually bad because mm -hmm. it deceives you into thinking that you're, you're, you're smarter or more successful than you actually are. Yes. So it's like you have all these, you know, like professional students in the academic world who just accumulate knowledge and they accumulate degrees, but it's like, but they can't get a job anywhere. You know, yeah. because they just yeah. like, they don't have negotiation skills or people skills or things like that. Yes, I, I mean that just resonates so deeply with me because I know I'm I'm in uh, traditionally have been and I, I've been working on this personally, but just an over researcher. Like I feel like anytime I come to start start a new endeavor, like I remember when we we got a my wife and I early in our marriage got a decided to get a dog, and so I started I read like three different dog training books before we even got a dog. You know, yeah. Um, I think it's really easy to trick yourself into feeling like you're successful just by learning more when really you need to actually yeah. put it into action. Like just by intaking is intaking information and knowledge isn't the same as practicing and, and flexing those muscles. Oh, totally. Totally. So can you repeat the, the four P's that are a part of your framework? Yeah. It's the people. So the people that you're, um, you know, working with the working alongside. And so it, to thinking in terms of entrepreneurs, it could be your 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 staff, could be your customers, most okay. of the, the the people involved in in the business, the the process. That's the day to day of actually doing the work. So you know, for anyone anyone listening, like writers, right? Hopefully, you like writing or some aspect of writing. Um, it's easy to easiest to think about that in terms of of the arts and creative endeavors, like the actual doing of the work. But it applies to to you know all 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 work. Um, the people, the, 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 uh, the product. And so when it comes to, you know, when it comes to business, it's, it's the, you could think of in terms of the thing that the business is actually literally making, or you could think of it in terms of the problem that um, the business is solving for their customers. Mm -hmm. um, and then the profit and profit isn't, isn't just money. That's the easiest thing to point out and say that that's money, um, that, that that's, that's the profit, but it's the lifestyle, it's the benefits. It's, you know, all of, all of those, those things. And these apply, um, it probably goes without saying, but it applies to all work, not just an entrepreneur's life, but also, um, you know, a, a career, a good job. And okay. so if you think through those, those lenses, if you think about each one of those areas on a spectrum of, of how um, the, the felt sense of meaning and purpose and fulfillment from each of those areas of life that a business produces for the entrepreneur or the owner or for you know people working a conventional more conventional job like work you know what use that as a lens for looking at your work it gives you an opportunity to see where there might be gaps where there might be areas where you can lean in and find more fulfillment so uh, the uh, work at its best would feel very fulfilling in all of those 
all of those categories. Um, and work at its worst would be devoid of meaning in all, all those categories. And in my work one-on-one -on -one and, and you know, with the calling course around career, um, we often find is that you only need one or two to be really high. And it feels like a, it can be a really great job. And by even giving yourself permission to say like, this is great, this is a great job, even if it isn't making a product that you love, but the team that you're a part of is fantastic. And you get to do, you know, the process is great and it pays you well, even though, you know, you're, you know, I don't know, working for some tech company that you don't really believe in the tech that, that you're building, right. like that's still a good job. Right. Um, and so I found like it can give people a lot of, a lot of freedom um, to, to be able to, I guess, in some ways, bless the goodness that's coming from, from the work that they're doing. Um, but then also see, you know, if they have the freedom to make changes, what kind of changes they might want to make in order to, right. um, to, to improve. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, I love the, the four P's people, process, product, and profit. To me, that mm -hmm. seems to, to pretty much cover the basis in terms of things that an entrepreneur or a business leader would need to be concerned about. So yes. I love that. And I love how you, how you shared a bit about each of those. I think it's great. Obviously yeah. you've, you've kind of test driven, you know, those four P's uh, or that framework. So yeah. do you want me to share some different ways that you could structure a book like this? That would be super helpful. I would love that. Okay. So let me, let me go through a couple things that I, that just come to mind off the top of my head as well, because I think it's important to, to have in mind what you want the final product to look like mm -hmm. before you start writing a book. Yes. And what I mean by that is thinking about how long you want the book to be. I think it's important to consider the physical size of the book because mm -hmm. I always think in, in terms of reader experience. Yeah. So if like, if you have a big six by nine paperback, that's mm -hmm. 300 pages. Nobody's mm -hmm. going to read that unless yeah. it's really, really compelling. Yes. <laughs> they might. Yes. But I've actually changed what I used to think. I've, I'm actually really emphasizing now that I think people should generally default to a shorter book yeah. instead of defaulting to a longer book. Hmm. Now, I know that with, with nonfiction books, particularly business books, people people think the standard is to write like a 250 page book or a 200 page book or something. I think the standard should be like 140 pages, 150 pages max. Yeah. With shorter chapters, because you can bake things into the book that are going to help the reader to get through it faster. Like if they open a book and, and every chapter is 30 pages or 20 pages, like they're just going to lose enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. So I like to bake things into the actual structure of the book that help ensure the person's going to read through it. They're going to read through it fast and, and they're going to really get something out of it. I love it. So there are different ways to, to structure a book. I want to give you two or three sort of possibilities here. So one would be, and I, I don't, by the way, I don't necessarily think this is the right structure for your book, but I'm going to throw it out anyway. Yeah. It's something I would just call a challenge book. Mm. For example, like a 21 day challenge or a 30 day yeah. challenge. Yeah. Of, of some kind. Those are really yeah. popular types of short books. Yeah. And they, they're really great because they give a person a time frame to do the challenge in. Yeah. Now, one thing with your book, if you like that kind of a book where it's like 30 days of going through this process, one way that you could yeah. break it up is to do an introductory day, then do a week on people, a week on process, a week on product, then a week on profit. 
Yeah. And then you have a wrap up day. So that's 30 days total. So you have basically have four sections of, of a week each. And then you have an intro and, an, and a conclusion day. That's 30 days total. Yeah. That's one way you could do it. Or you wouldn't necessarily have to do seven days on each one. You could mix it up, you know, according to however you wanted. I don't know mm -hmm. that that's the right structure for this particular book, mm -hmm. but I really do like those books in general. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that it is a fun, uh, it's a fun journey and it, 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 um, it's good to have constraints, you know, then the time constraint is a really, a really yeah. fun approach. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So that's one way that you could do it. Um, another way would be, I guess I would just call this more of a straightforward type of nonfiction book approach, which is what most nonfiction books do the way of, so if I was your ghostwriter, so I'm always kind of thinking like a, like a writer, I guess if yeah. I was ghostwriting this book, or if I was, if I was writing it myself, I would probably break it up into something like 12 or 15 chapters. I would mm -hmm. shoot for like 130, 40 pages, something like that. And I would break it up into 12 to 15 chapters. In your case, probably 12, maybe 12 to 15, I don't know. And then I would have four sections, obviously one section for each of the P's, and then have yeah. two, maybe two, three, or four chapters in each of those sections. Yeah. Because that would, that would make really readable chapters. They would be shorter. And you would walk people through your process. Mm -hmm. Of course, you would probably want to have like an introduction of some kind. Um, then go through, you know, the four parts of the book, then have some kind of uh, takeaway section at the end, conclusion. Yep. I don't actually yep. like traditional conclusions because they're, they don't always serve a function. Yeah. I like to think of it as a next step section mm. where you go through the book and then, okay, what do we do next? And obviously... Yep. You're going to want to promote your accelerator program as the next step people could take with you yeah or listening to the podcast or or whatever 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 other yeah. steps they might want to take so that would be a more yeah uh, typical it. kind of structure now there's also a third option which you could do so i learned this from my friend honoré quarter who is a she's a book marketing genius she's written you know dozens and dozens of books and I've talked with her about this actually at length. She has a different type of a formula that she uses. I don't remember what she calls this, but I can just walk you through uh, the sections of the book. And this takes a totally different approach to nonfiction. It's really, yeah. really focused on application and getting people to take action, which I think cool. might be actually a good structure for your book. Yeah. So the, the, base, the basic structure of this is eight chapters or so. So like chapter one would be encouraging the reader in the topic, mm -hmm. letting them know they can create the results that they want. They can do it. Obviously you're going to want to include a lot of stories in the book of people who have applied what you're teaching and they've been successful. Yeah. Uh, then chapter two could be telling specifically the stories of maybe two or three individuals who have put these into practice, sharing examples, maybe from history Chapter three would be an overview of the whole process from beginning to end. This is what your business or life looks like before. This is what it looks like after and walking them through, through your process. Mm -hmm. And then you could do a chapter four where you're sharing this formula in the form of an acronym. Now you don't have an acronym, but you have the four P's, which is great. Yep. 
And sometimes people can force it with the acronyms and, you know, cutesy names for a process and that kind of a thing. Yeah. I was trained as a pastor. So I always think in terms of, you know, the outline has to match and all the points of the outline have to be the same word of the same. It's it's usually what I say about the four P's because I was a pastor as well. So they all, it has to alliterate, you know? (laughs) Well, it is handy. It's a great, it's a great hook. It's a great memory tool. Yes. Yes. So I love it. Yeah. Um, so you you could actually blend chapters three and four together if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, chapter five then would be showing the formula in action. Mm-hmm. Here's mm-hmm. what it actually looks like in your life when you put this into practice. You could do a day in the life kind of a deal. That probably wouldn't work exactly for your process because it's obviously more than just one day. But you could just you could walk people through what it actually looks like when they put it into practice. Yeah. Uh, chapter six could be other resources, other ideas, other tips that you have, uh, Mm -hmm. tools, apps, um, memberships, uh, groups that can be a part of, you know, whatever other things might be helpful to kind of accelerate their success. Then chapter seven could be, here's some more ideas about how to get the best results from this process. Maybe Mm -hmm. something like, you know, make sure to have the right attitude, Make sure to surround yourself with the best people. You know, what other yeah. what other tips you might add in there that yeah. could really help them to accelerate accelerate their success with your process. And then chapter eight would be a straight up call to action, encouraging yeah. them they can do it. You can make it through the hard times. Maybe thinking thinking about the obstacles somebody's gonna face as they go through the journey mm-hmm. and anticipating what those are and helping them to see that they can overcome those things too. So that that's a very different way of structuring a book, but I really like it because every chapter basically looks at the same thing, except from a different angle. Yeah. So in, in most nonfiction books, all the, all the chapters or the sections are parallel to each other. This one mm-hmm. is kind of like you're looking at a diamond and you're mm-hmm. shifting it with every chapter and you're looking at the same thing. Yes. The, you know, one, one chapter, here's the overview. One chapter, here's some tips. One chapter, here's some stories of people who were really successful with this. I, love I actually it. really like that a lot. Yeah. Do you have a, do you, off the top of your head, do you, do you have any books that, um, that, that use that framework? I do. So there's an author. So I've got two actually. So there's an author named Holly Alexander that uses a similar formula. She has a series of books called Magic Money. Okay. It's all about creating abundance in your life. Love it, and they're little short books, and they follow a similar formula as this. That's great. And, but I would say, really, the easiest way is to look at almost any book by Honoré Quarter. Yeah. Are you familiar with her? I'm not. Okay. So the way yeah. you spell her name is is Honor, like H O N O R E E, and last name Quarter C O R D E R. We actually right. just did a podcast interview on my show recently. So if you look back in my archives from October, 2022, yeah. um, you'll see an interview with her where we, we walk through some of this stuff on there. It was really, really great. Right. So she has a lot of books that follow this formula. Yeah. As well. Awesome. Yeah. And I really like it because it's not, it's, it's just, it's just something different and it really keeps yeah. you hooked and keeps you rolling through the material. So those just, are, those are three potential ways to structure a book. There are probably others, but if you had to pick right now, which one of these structural uh, ways to structure a book do you think might fit yours best? 
I really like that last one, that that um, honorary quarter uh, approach. It feels, I mean, it feels like that or the just the typical nonfiction-y. But mm-hmm. I, I think I like about the about honorary's approach is that it feels, it just feels more manageable. And yeah. I haven't written, I mean, I've written, I have a short, a couple short eBooks, you know, that would be like, mm-hmm. you know, they're like less than 50 pages. So like, this feels, this feels a little bit intimidating to, I've been thinking about this as a big book, quote unquote, right. <laughs> and whatever, whatever that actually means. I don't know. But, um, but like, I, I read, you know, I read, I read lots of, lots of nonfiction and have, you know, from varying various lengths and feel like, I don't know, I don't know if I can, how to, how to make, how to fill the, that, that many pages in a way that's, helpful all the way through and not just filler you know and right. so that feels like a really helpful like it feels like each section each movement is is focused and um yeah it feels more attainable to me i love short books yeah i think we actually do our readers a favor whenever we write a short book a book should not be yes. any longer than it really has to be yes and i think of you know when i look at a short book and i pick it up because i'm a print book guy still i mean i do read ebooks but i really prefer print when I pick up a book, if it's a thick book, I mean, it's great if it's thicker and I read a lot of those, but if a book is thin and it's short, I'm like, yes, I'm so excited because I can buzz through this really fast. Yes, totally. totally I agree. feel like most books are too long. Most nonfiction yeah. books are too long. Yeah. yeah. Because we tend to, we tend to over explain things. We give too much information, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I think yep. the shorter you can make it, the better. I love that. And you can write them faster too. Yes. I love it. It's great. So if you were going to, to go with this, with this formula, what do you feel like your next steps would be? Would it be thinking through a writing plan maybe and thinking about how you could um, write a draft of the book in a certain amount of time? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think my next step would be to, 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 to finish my objective for the week, which was like to really structure, structuring this program, mm-hmm. then take that program and then apply it to this. And then like you, like you said, like probably put this all on a schedule or a calendar of like, mm-hmm. here's, here's the, here's the guiding principle. Here's the, the, you know, how many, you know, eight chapters, like that's, that, that feels doable. And, totally. um, and like, I don't know, probably tackle, I, I want to say even one a week, that might be a lot. But, but if I just do like a, if it's a really, if I'm just trying to make a really, a really ugly, you know, ugly baby here and just, uh, totally. just, just get, get a rough draft done and then have it done. I feel like it feels doable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is super exciting. I mean, like this feels like a breakthrough moment for me. Like, like I've, I've never been this close to having something that I can feel like I can actually write. And so like, I feel I have a lot of feelings about it. Like I feel like we've made really amazing progress already so far. Can't so thank you. Sure. I, I mean, I feel like you sort of, the, the stuff that would go in this book, I feel like you already intuitively know. Yeah. And so it's not like you have to go concoct a bunch of material dependent because you've, yes. you've been doing the meaning movement for years. You, yes. you own your own business. Yes. You have enough material to fill a whole series of books. Yes. Around this totally topic. agree. Yeah. Yeah. And one way that you could approach drafting this book is now I'd have to go back and look at your, your podcast to see how you structure your episodes. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you could do is start to draft some of this material to share on your podcast or your newsletter. Yeah. Well, and that fun. way that actually does two things. One is that it, it kind of forces you to create it because yes. you have a regular podcast release schedule. But it also puts it out there 
and you get feedback on it. Well, so that, so that people idea. can tell you, I like this. Uh, probably nobody's going to say, I didn't, I didn't like this. Yeah. If they don't like something, but you're going to get some cool affirmation. And yes. I think that's even more motivation to keep going and keep sharing. And yes. also if you tell people that this is, you're sharing some stuff from an upcoming book that gets them excited about it too. Yeah. I love that. It's such a, such a great idea. And like, so relevant for me because we're embarking on, on the next season of the podcast and my, my podcast producer has been like kind of hounding me of like, cause we're in this, I've been in this, this shift with like what the focus is going to be. And like, it's starting to have like, you know, uh, dri dripping it out into the different places and like the podcast and how, how I'm going to handle the next, the next batch mm -hmm. of content is, is an open question. I have all these open slots. I'm like, I'm not sure what to do with these yet. And oh, so, I know what to do with them. <laughs> yeah. So I think you might've just solved my problem though. That does feel, it does feel intimidating, but also like just one at a time and it's yeah. manageable. So totally. That's what I do on yeah. my show. I just, my podcast is basically my first drafts of stuff that goes somewhere else. Yeah. That's great. That's how I've always thought of it. That's yeah. why I think of, and I look at my pod, I don't know how you think of your podcast, but I don't, I don't really try to be like super, what am I trying to say? I'm not a perfectionist with my podcast. I just, now part of it is because I do a daily show and like, I just kind of have to get stuff out there. Yeah, so I shoot for do doing B-level work on my show. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if I, if I can internally feel like I made B-level content for the podcast, that's everybody else's A because I'm kind of a perfectionist. Yeah. So I just shoot for a B and then I'm like, I just got to put it out there and see what the response is. And it's yeah. funny because, and I'm, I'm sure you, this has happened to you too, where you work really hard on something, you put it out there and it's crickets. Yes. But then you just kind of slop all, I mean, something all the time. Together. You put it out there, you're like, of my content. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I put this out there. It wasn't that good. And then people love it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not even sure we can be objective about the quality of our own work half the time. I think that's completely true. I, I think it's again like one of those can't see the forest for the trees things. Yeah. I mean, there's maybe like one or two pieces when I I wrote that I was like oh, that's really good and they've resonated. But like, like really, it's just one that 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 comes to mind. And um, but most of the time, it's just like uh, I don't even I don't know. It's okay. And then some people are like, that's amazing. You know? Yeah. 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 It's great. I, I would encourage you to put this stuff out there. I would love to see it for myself. Yes. I know you've thought deeply about these, these issues and getting to learn from you about this would, mm. I think that would be really fun. Mm. I would love it. But that means a lot. I feel, I feel that a lot. And I think that that's, again, I keep saying this forest for the trees. It's like, because I'm just in my head all the time. I just, I think that everyone has the same thoughts that I have, you know, and that everyone sees yeah. the same things I see. And so just hearing your, just even that that would be helpful for you just really is really affirming and, and helpful. So thank you. Sure thing. I now I want to throw one other idea out there. Uh, something that I think can be really helpful for any nonfiction book is including interviews with people in the book. Yes. So obviously you've interviewed a ton of people for your show, which is a natural totally. place to grab, to grab some additional conversations for the book. Yeah. And I think that can be helpful because including stories of people in a book can give people uh, a picture of what their life could look like, mm. but not everybody's going to relate to every person. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important to have kind of a, a diverse array of people in a book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, how many people you interview and how long you're, how much material you're going to include in the book totally depends on what you like yeah. and, and how, how you frame the book and the chapters and all that.
But it's also cool because when you launch the book, then those people are probably going to help you promote it. Yes, they're bought in. Totally. They could be people on your advanced reader team, potentially. Cool. Yeah. But then you can also mention, hey, so-and-so has an interview in this book, and it's it's great for a whole bunch of reasons. And they'll probably do an yeah. endorsement as well. Yes, totally. Yeah, especially if you know people that have have businesses and have connections yeah. and networks too. Like, um, that's totally really good. Well, I'm excited about this book. I I am too. I'm so excited. This is this is this is big. I've got a you know, long page of notes here that you've given me. It's just like incredibly helpful, Kent. Cool. Well, when this is yeah. done, um, I will run this through transcript and I'll send you a transcript. It won't be perfect, be but it'll be incredible. It'll be readable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you well, have all the stuff um, there. You know, especially as I'm focusing the podcast on on um, business, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, and that's some of like what's happening with the content where the content has been very like career story based, mm -hmm. um, most of the interviews. So it's shifting a little bit because the value needs to then be more less about career stories and more about how business owners are navigating these spaces in their own businesses, or if there's specific um, things that they can offer, you know, that, that can be offered to business owners. And yeah. I think, I mean, one, I think an option would be to, you know, after you, you know, if this, if this runs on your podcast, I could also you know feature it on, on, on my show and just say, here's a, you know, had this great interview and, uh, totally. or, and, or, um, you know, have you on the show to talk about, you know, how business owners can be thinking about using a book in their, in their business to serve yeah. their business goals, which I absolutely think you've got tons, tons to offer there. So, um, yeah, I think that would be a great, both, both are great, would be great options. Um, so we should totally, we should totally. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of, a, this I'm is so great. Kind of about it, so. Yeah. I'm super, <laughs> I'm, I, I can't, I literally can't thank you enough. Like this is just, I have so much more clarity than, um, awesome. Yeah. It, it's incredible, incredible progress. I'm, I'm a little bit staggered. So, um, really, really excited. Awesome. Awesome. And, and well, well, thanks for being kind of a guinea pig and being in yeah. the hot seat for this call. Yeah. I've had an absolute yeah. blast. I love it. I love it. That's great. Um, hey, I guess well, one thing we didn't record, I could maybe ask if we could do it now, would be like, sure. should we do a call, to, a call to action that we could drop in at the end? If people, you know, want to connect with connect with my work, you know, jump all, jump on over to the podcast. I guess you could just do that in the, the intro or whatever. Yeah, but go ahead and include but, it here. I always include it at the end of... Um, Kind of want to yeah. do a wrap up, but go ahead and include it here because it's going to mean a lot more coming from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great for anyone listening that wants to uh, follow along with with my journey with this book and see what 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 uh, what I do with all the, the amazing wisdom that that Kent has, has um, offered here. Uh, just feel free to. I'd love to have you um, follow my podcast, The Meaning Movement, wherever you're listening to this. You can find that. Just search for Dan Cumberland or or The Meaning Movement. And if you're a business owner and you're interested in the work that I'm doing around helping business owners with these, these things, just go to themeaningmovement.com um, and you'll find a, an invitation there to, to take the assessment that's uh, at this moment to be yet to be named. But um, at some point in the future, when you're listening to this, it should it should be live. So I uh, would love to have you uh, jump on over there and hopefully um, get some guidance in, in answering these questions in your own life. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan. I appreciate yeah, you being on the show today. Thanks for letting me pummel you with questions. Oh, so good. So good. All right, Kent. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch and looking forward to collaborating more in the future. Wonderful. Well, I hope you enjoyed that coaching session. This is a little different for the Daily Writer podcast. This is actually the first time I've ever included a live book coaching call on the show. 
And I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope that you are taking away some ideas for your own projects as well. Many, many thanks to Dan for being a guinea pig of sorts and for being willing to uh, to do this coaching session and let me post it here on the podcast. As you can hear, Dan is really empathetic. He's got a huge heart. He's got some great ideas for his book, and he's been impacting lives for a really long time. And honestly, it was a huge honor to get to work through some book ideas with him. Make sure and check out Dan's podcast and his website and his blog at themeaningmovement.com. Again, I hope this gives you some insight into your own book planning process. And if you enjoy this kind of coaching and masterminding together, you might enjoy our brand new Daily Writer Elite Mastermind that is launching in December. This mastermind is an exclusive small group of people who are working on building their writing-based business. We meet twice a month for calls to work on our business strategy, our goals, and our streams of income. This is a high-level mastermind really only for people who are serious about growing their writing-based business. If you think this might be interesting, and if you really want to accelerate your success as a writer in 2023, check it out at dailywriterlife.com slash mastermind. Today's episode is sponsored by Indie Author University, featuring the Book Marketing Mastery Course. If you're tired of being disappointed by your book sales and you want to sell more books faster, easier, and with more fun than ever, sign up today. Book Marketing Mastery is created by my friend and business coach, Anna Recorder, who has sold over 4 million books. So needless to say, she definitely knows her stuff when it comes to marketing. This brand new course is fantastic, and I've taken it myself and have started to apply what I'm learning. To sign up for Book Marketing Mastery, visit dailywriterlife.com slash bookmarketingmastery and use the code dailywriter, that's all one word, dailywriter, to get 10% off. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.